0: The Sunday Morning Linux Review is a weekly podcast with three hosts, Tony Bemis, Matt Enders, and Mary Tomich. They talk about Linux and open source subjects ranging from kernel updates, newly released Linux distros, Linux reviews, and tech news of the week. There are also special segments including Mary's Quiz Show, Is It Alive? They broadcast live on Google On Air, audio stream, and chat on IRC. For details, please visit the website www.smlr.us Welcome to the Black Sparrow Media Internet Broadcast Network. Well, hello everybody, this is Russ, K5TUX, coming at you with another episode of Linux in the Ham Shack, this one being number 116, and joining me as he has for quite a while now is Pete, V2XPL.
1: So, how is Pete this fine evening? Good evening. Ah, that's my little ode to Halloween. There, we'll stop that right away. How you doing, everybody? Uh, Pete V Two X P L in the beautiful metropolis of Montreal tonight, where the leaves are falling off the trees and it's uh, getting quite cold and humid. Uh, so typical end of October weather. And yeah, I'm actually really looking forward to Halloween, which is next week for uh, those of you who are in the live studio audience, and for those of you who are listening by podcast. Well, Halloween was recently, and I hope you had fun.
0: That was it. Yep,
1: that's my spiel. All
0: right, that's your spiel, and you're sticking that's, to it. That's the end of the
1: show. <laughs> Not
0: at all. All right. Well, we should probably jump right in here because I'm kind of curious with the weekend brushes with fame. Or is that me? Is that is that what I'm oh, supposed yes. to be talking? That's
1: about? That's a trap. It's a it's a trap. That's my bad imitation of Colonel <laughs> uh, Admiral Akbar. It's a trap. Just just as good as Sheldon did it. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I heard you had a brush with fame, and I wanted to hear about it.
0: Well, it actually wasn't much of a brush with fame, really. We went to oh, see it. On. No, it, it truly wasn't. It uh was far less of a brush with fame than I had hoped, as a matter of fact. We uh went to see Paul and Storm, which I'm not sure if any of our audience will be uh really cognizant of Paul and Storm, but if if they aren't, they used to be in an acapella music group called Da Vinci's Notebook. Now they've sort of gone out on their own and they're becoming independently popular through YouTube and uh, various other venues. They show up at uh, PAX East and PAX West and Comic-Con and, you know, that sort of thing from time to time. But we've known them for a long time now and we decided to go see them over the weekend in Dallas. And they're They're doing a lot of stuff with Will Wheaton of, uh, you know, Wesley fame from uh, Star Trek TNG uh, and some other stuff. He he was even in a movie back a while ago called Stand By Me, if anyone else ever saw that.
1: A while ago. Oh, my God. Yeah, well. that That was more than a while ago. He was like, you know, what, nine in that movie?
0: Yeah, something like that. And, uh, anyway, so if you know who Will Wheaton is, uh, Paul and Storm and Will Wheaton have been touring, uh, parts of the country doing a little thing where he sort of does, uh, stand up recitations of stories kind of, uh, as a voice actor and, uh, kind of like a Garrison Keeler, uh, sort of thing that he does. And Paul and Storm do their usual musical hilarity and uh so we got to see them for the first time we got to sort of meet will wheaton although he was in we we waited till the end of the line because we wanted to talk to paul and storm for a while so we did that and by the time we got to meet will wheaton we snapped a a photo with him and shook his hand and then he said oh i've got some friends in the green room so i got to bail and he took off and that was it
1: That's why it says brushes with fame, I guess. <laughs> That's
0: right. Yeah, a very a, a pencil thin
1: brush with fame there. Uh, well, what can you do? At least you got to meet uh, well. And did you when he when he left? Did you scream? Damn you, Will we turn? No, unfortunately, to, uh,
0: because we had a six and a half hour drive and a whirlwind uh, meet up with some other friends before the show, and uh, we we were all pretty frazzled by the by the end of the evening. So. You know, we, our our interaction with Will was uh, very brief, and um, things like witty retorts were were not coming to mind at the time. So, unfortunately, <laughs> uh, n- none of that really
1: happened. Yeah, well, that's all right. But anyway, well, that's we got to cool.
0: Yeah, we got to meet Will Wheaton, and I've got a picture of it on my phone, which will be uploaded to Facebook here pretty soon. So, if anyone gives a crap about that, there you go. Yeah. Well,
1: any. Uh- fans of big bang theory uh, you know this kind of a cult following now i think I, I don't know how many twitter followers he has but i know it's it's more than me
0: um yeah he probably has one or two more than me too
1: <laughs> <laughs> i have none because i don't even have a twitter account anymore
0: well see there you go See, you're doing things properly i, I have a twitter account that i really never use except to announce when the show is gonna
1: air well there you go that's uh, that's all right you don't know, like tweet the occasional uh, thing to our fans you know uh making peanut butter toast yummy
0: no, I I probably should do that, but I, I used to do that a lot more. I mean, if I go look at my account, I think I've sent like 1,200 tweets or something since I've been on Twitter, Ooh. but it's been a while since I've really indulged in any Twittering.
1: Uh, well, you know, all in good time. Yeah. Tweet okay. on, good people.
0: Right. And meanwhile, back at the program, uh, we actually have some content for tonight, so why don't you go ahead and hit me up with some.
1: All right. You want me to start? Yeah. The
0: first one was yours. Well, that's okay. You can start. Okay. I'll, I'll make <laughs> you go and do it know. blind. Since, since you jumped me about Will Wheaton, you go ahead and do this one.
1: <laughs> yeah, fair is fair, eh? Right. Well, all right. Well, I'm happy uh, to announce that our good friend uh, Peter okay to cqr uh, of uh, cqr log fame uh, and ham qth uh, author wants our feedback he wants our help so uh, as i said uh, he's asking folks to use ham qth Please keep their profiles updated. He'd like us to upload a picture if you can or if you'd like. And you would also like to know what users think and what they'd like to see in the way of future site improvements and features that they'd like to see. So let Peter know by using the contact form on his website, hamqth.com slash contact.php. Just go to hamqth, you'll find the link. And uh, yeah, it's a very, very good service. I'm actually uh, happy to announce that uh, after reading uh, tonight's show notes, uh, I actually went on the Ham QTH, which I had not been on in a long time, and uh, registered for the site because I used to just kind of visit it uh, here and there just occasionally. But after reading this, I figured I'd register and I uploaded my picture. So if you guys want to see uh, want to see what I look like, uh, hi, hi, uh, you guys can go uh, check it out. So uh, hamqth.com, uh, really good uh, reference. And we're back. <laughs> yes.
0: No, it is a particularly good reference, and I like it especially because it has a free API. So if you're a programmer type person and you want to use call sign lookups in your application, all you have to do is be a registered member of HamQTH, and he lets you use unlimited access to the API for free. Totally. Really? Yes. I did
1: not know that. Excellent. Excellent.
0: And uh, you do not have to be registered to use HamQTH, which is a great call sign, great and fast. I will I will say, uh, and clean interface for call sign lookups. Unlike a certain
1: you know other website, <laughs> QRZ, uh That yeah, you know, I, I, I noticed how fast. I mean, I, I I've noticed over the years how slow has gotten. I'm a pretty patient guy, and I still go on to QRZ to get some of the ham radio news that I you know they have some pretty good links and still check the forums on occasionally. I've been on for a long time, I guess. Uh, but I was amazed at how fast uh, this uh, service is. It's uh, pretty much instant, considering how big the database is. You know, it's, We're talking a worldwide database, not just U.S. So uh, pretty impressive. Whatever they're doing, they're certainly doing it right.
0: Yeah, and Peter's been a longtime listener of the show and giving us feedback on all kinds of things. So if you are wanting to do call sign lookups and are kind of tired of the way uh, qrz.com works, then... I highly recommend that you go over and check out hamqth.com. I I use it. I I use their API and uh, even just for regular call sign lookups. As a matter of fact, um, I don't know. I I better check here to see if Gnorman is in the chat room, and he's not. I actually have a – I programmed a Python script for our channel bot where you can do a .qrz in the IRC chat when Gnorman is actually connected, which I'll fix here shortly. Uh, and when you do that, it actually uses the ham QTH API to go out and uh, do the call sign lookup and report back to you right, right from the IRC chat. So very cool stuff and uh, very, you know, totally free, uh, embracing free software philosophy. And uh, Peter's just a great guy. So use the software, it's great.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Thanks Peter for uh, keeping us in the loop. Absolutely. So I'm
0: going to let you go ahead and do the next story while I fix uh, G'Norman. All right. <laughs> Good luck
1: with that. Is it like Humpty Dumpty fell off the wall and cracked? Uh, he he does
0: that from time to time, actually. You caught me with my mouth full. See what I'm trying to do here is get... <laughs> <laughs>
1: Apologies. we have got to tell me these things in advance. I, I can't see you. We're not on the video feed yet. No, that's so, true. Uh, All right. Search for a vanity call signs, y'all. For all you guys who are looking for a vanity call sign and are wondering if you'll get it, uh, now there is a, a search application available. You can search for available call signs, uh, maybe a valuable resource for some of you who are looking for a decent vanity call want to know if it's available. So you just have to go to www.radioqth.net slash vanity slash available.aspx or just go to radioqth.net and follow the links. And uh, you can uh, check out if your vanity call sign is available. That way you don't have to waste your precious time and ink sending stuff back and forth uh, to... Uh, the uh, I was going to say the ARL, but I guess it's the FCC, apologies uh, for that. Um, speaking of the FCC, uh, I read a little story uh, about uh, these guys g- are going to reopen now because I didn't realize the FCC was closed because of the uh, government shutdown that uh, my good friends in the U.S. got to experience recently. And uh, when they reopened, there was a story on one of the news services that says that, uh, that anybody who has uh, dealings with them to be very, very patient they're going to have many many a backlog uh, due to that closure so i uh, thought i'd mention that as well
0: yeah i didn't even realize that it, it should have been obvious if it was if i thought about it but i didn't realize it until i saw this story that i got uh that they were you know shut down because of the government shutdown i guess they're back in operation now but i'm probably severely backlogged and if it wasn't completely obvious at the beginning of the story it should be noted that this search for vanity call signs is uh, U.S. centric. It only works uh, if you're under the, the umbrella of the FCC. So, uh, you know, if you, if you have vanity call signs in Canada or Vietnam or South Africa, uh, don't use the site because it will not work for you.
1: Yeah, actually, Harrison made a good point. We were having a little Skype chat before, and he mentioned that all of our call signs are pretty much vanity, because when we apply for call signs here in Canada, we get to put three choices. We can go into the uh, uh, the database via rac.ca, which is Radio Amateurs of Canada, and you can check if a call sign's available, or directly on Industry Canada's website, and uh, you can pick three of them and and they'll go in order if the first ones available they'll give it to you if not they'll go to your second choice so you can sort of get a vanity call sign Um, you know, but it's not exactly a vanity call sign. It's, it's whatever call sign is in the database that's available. So when I got mine, I wanted something with a p l in it, Papa Lima, uh, because my name is Pete Landry. So I thought it was, you know, somewhat appropriate and lacking imagination. I figured that was the most easy and logical choice. And I threw the x-ray in front because I'm, I've always been a fan of, of, of the letter X in, uh, in, uh, call signs because I find that x-ray, when you say it, it just comes across really good and it's just one of those cool letters you know it's everywhere you know the movie triple x I don't mean the porn movies but you know the the uh, the action movie with I think it was Bing Rames anyways you, you kind of find x's you know the x box anyways I'm just a big fan of the x marks the spot there's another one so uh, I wanted an x on my call sign long story short I got my first choice which was uh, Victor Echo 2 x-ray Papalima so the x actually means nothing I just like x's and the PL is for Pete Landry so, uh that's my little <laughs> my little explanation of how it works here,
0: all right, and uh it's funny that you chose x or you managed to get x in that case because you know in this sh- in that show that Tim not Tim Taylor, that's his fake name,
1: what's his real name?
0: <laughs> you know what I'm talking about
1: oh yes, um, oh goodness, now I have a <laughs> uh, Yeah. horrible I can't remember his name
0: i ca- yeah anyway it's it's Tim something <laughs> anyway um. He, they chose XTT for him for, yeah, yeah, yeah. because the X means X as an E X. Uh, so Tim maybe Allen. someday. There yeah. That's go. it. Tim Allen. So, uh, I guess you're the X, the E X Pete Landry.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah, no, I, I read that story. I thought that was pretty cool. The uh, X uh, Tim Taylor. I thought that was kind of a, oh, there you go. It's, and somebody threw it into the uh, chat room way before I found it, but I just wasn't paying attention. So, uh, Thanks a lot to uh, K5WMA for throwing that in. I'll have to glance over there a little bit more often, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's where all the actual information comes from, not from us. <laughs> I, I don't know why anybody's listening to this show because it's you know we get all our information from the chat room. See, so yeah, it's our little secret, you know, yeah. uh, oh, pool. Well, it's
1: all uh, you know, ham radio and Linux. They're, they're community efforts, so uh, you gotta gotta have a community, gotta have a community to raise the child, I guess. Where's the right. child
0: all right well i'm going to let you go ahead and talk about ubuntu cuz uh, i've i've sort of sworn off ubuntu uh, as of about 3 years ago but some folks still use it uh, there may be one or two out there who 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 occasionally use ubuntu you know when necessary so uh, i guess shuttleworth is already talking about 1404 which is the next lts release not to not due to come out until april of 2014 uh and even though thirteen dot ten only came out uh a few days ago, really, uh Shuttleworth is already talking about the next release. So uh what's he talking about?
1: I know, it's pretty uh it's pretty crazy, but it's good to it's also good to uh look forward you know you gotta gotta look forward to something i guess but uh yeah Ubuntu 1310 saucy salamander was released october 17th if i'm not mistaken. Uh, yeah that's what my notes say and uh, they're already looking to uh i have no idea how this works how do they go from 13.10 to 14.04 i mean unless it's already developed uh, but anyhow no don't you, you don't get that no i actually i really don't <laughs> The, Could you the, explain? Could we go on a tangent? Could you explain that to me? Sure.
0: I can explain it in five seconds. The 10 and the 4 refer to the month that it's released. 10 is October, 4 is April. Uh, it's always April and October.
1: Really? Really? Oh, isn't that amazing? See, because I, I always thought when you're when you're giving version numbers, I guess there's many ways to do it. But if you're giving version numbers to your software, don't you start with like you know version zero point zero zero one as your first try, and you know point two, point three, and so on. And then when you get a, a decent beta, you go one point something. And then when it works, you go two point something. And if you get it in 2.0, that means you've gotten it in two <laughs> tries. I, I don't know. Right. Uh, unless you're
0: Shuttleworth, in in which case you don't necessarily believe in you know a certain uh base 10 chronology i mean it's it's literally based on the year the 13 is the year 2013 and the 10 is the month so there's that i
1: look at it i feel like an idiot because it's pretty obvious (laughs) (laughs) sorry that
0: i had to explain that to you but there you go
1: That's okay. Maybe, maybe I doubt it, but maybe I'm not the only one who didn't get that. So who knows? Uh, No, I I actually had no idea, but it does make sense when you look at it. So anyhow, but I digress yet again. So uh, Shuttleworth is looking forward to the next version, uh, 14.04, which will be released in 2014, the month of 04. Anyhow, the uh, version will be called Trusty. Tar. I think it's pronounced tar. T a h r. For those who are wondering, because I was and had to look it up, a tar is a large Asian ungulate resembling a wild goat, and they're actually quite furry. They look like teeny tiny gnus, actually, almost, which is kind of funny, considering you know there's there's a whole lot of GNU in Linux, but uh, anyhow. I digress yet again. Uh, So, uh, let's see. What are the... uh, There's going to be certain changes. It's going to be, like Russ said, uh, the next uh, long-term release. Uh, Shuttleworth says it's uh, performance, refinement, and maintainability. those pretty words? Uh, But uh, one of Unity's uh, main features is the dash. Uh, The dash, for those who don't know, as I did not, allows the user to quickly search for information, both locally, so basically installed applications, uh, you know, recent files, bookmarks etc and uh, you could also do it remotely so uh, twitter google docs etc the dash achieves this by having one or more uh, what's called lenses and each of these lenses are responsible for per- per- the, excuse me for providing one category of search result, results for the dash. So the user basically may search. Uh, sorry, I've lost my place in my notes. Where am I? User can search uh, a lens either through the dash home screen, which is called the global search, or through the lens's own page in the dash by clicking on the lens icon in the lens bar. So one of the biggest changes in 1310 was the addition of smart scopes. Which were originally intended to debut in the previous version, 13.04, in the Dash. So these uh, greatly extended the range, precision, and relevance of searches initiated from the Dash query box. Searching, no, sorry, search filtering is divided into categories and sources. When a search term is typed into the Dash, initially categories and sources are selected automatically, uh, but choices can be further refined by clicking on the individual filter buttons within these groups. A security and privacy setting. Access via system settings allows you to switch off online. <laughs> switch off online search results if required. That's hard to say. Allows you to switch off online search results. I got this from uh, LinuxToday.org. You can go right to uh, Ubuntu's website and find much of the uh, same information. But uh, yeah, there's still a lot of people who use Ubuntu. I mean, I every time I mention. Um, Linux to somebody who's much newer than I am, and like I, I say almost every episode, I still consider myself to be somewhat of a newbie. But every time I'm preaching Linux, everybody's like, "Oh, I've heard of that," or "I've tried Ubuntu." You know, the name Ubuntu comes up over and over and over again. So whether you like it or you don't, it's out there. A lot of people use it. Um, I tried it. That's actually one of the first versions that I installed was Ubuntu or or Ubuntu. In case uh, Richard's listening there, I don't want to get lynched. Ubuntu, I think, is how we're supposed to pronounce it. Again, I prefer Mint to Ubuntu. They're, you know, Mint is basically what was the catchphrase. Ubuntu done right, I think, is what they were saying it was called, or, or was their their motto or slogan or whatever. But uh, I, I just find it's a little bit slicker. I always, I, I just find Ubuntu to be a bit clunky. Um, it just doesn't look. I don't know. I don't find it as pretty. And, It does what I need it to do, Um, although I think some of the dependencies weren't all put together. uh, If I recall, there are certain things that worked right out of the box in Mint that didn't necessarily in Ubuntu. But then again, I haven't played with the distribution of Ubuntu probably in in two years, so things may have changed. I'm not sure. Back to you, Russ.
0: Well, did you touch on the final bullet points about it being an LTS and all
1: that? yeah you said it at the beginning, and I also re- reiterated it while you had your mouth full okay I it's the next l t s
0: that's right it of course it is uh every two years in April they put out an l t s version and
1: uh no, it's only two years that's not very long term is it?
0: Well, it's supported for five, but they oh okay, but okay. they come out every two uh nice. just to make things confusing and uh Shuttleworth said about uh, this particular version, uh 14.04, the next LTS, that he is focusing on, and this is a direct quote, performance, refinement, and maintainability. I really do hope they focus on performance because that's one of the things that's been going steadily downhill in the Ubuntu realm. Unity seems to be at the forefront of the reason for that decline in performance. And since I'm not particularly a fan of Ubuntu anymore, I do run it on a couple of machines because I use the Zimbra collaboration suite, which I'm trying to remember who they're owned by now. The thing gets traded off like dirty underwear. Uh, it it was created by somebody, and then I think it went to uh, Oracle maybe, and then to VMware, or, or no, it was like Yahoo and then VMware, and now it's somebody else, and I don't remember who off the top of my head. But anyway... It's it's a great collaboration suite and if you run your own mail servers you might want to consider it, they have a, a free community edition, which is worth looking at. But unfortunately, they are really only supported under like Red Hat Enterprise Linux and Ubuntu. So if you want to run it, you gotta run one of those distributions. And obviously I'm not about to buy Red Hat Enterprise Linux. I could use CentOS, of course. But I'm not as familiar with it as I am Debian based distributions, so I run Ubuntu for that purpose and that purpose alone. But for those who are fans of Unity, you know, uh hopefully this next version of Ubuntu will be faster and more reliable and better all around. And if better, it isn't then stronger and faster. Right. If it's not, then I don't know. Tough. Yeah, sh-.
1: So anyway. Well- that being said, you know, there's still people who like it and use it, so uh, it's good to talk about it.
0: Yep, absolutely. And there's some more Ubuntu news since you keep throwing Ubuntu
1: at me, so I'm going to let you. <laughs> I know. Well, there's all kinds of news. I ran into, like, I, I could have filled a whole other Etherpad. It's crazy the amount of news I ran into. It's-, it's very busy both on the Linux side and on the ham radio side, and I'll touch on a few points in and- and radio stuff a little later on, too, um, you know, just a, in one-minute increments. This is some interesting things going on, but uh, I, I just thought this was was interesting because I didn't even realize uh, uh, Ubuntu or Ubuntu uh, 13.10 for smartphones, which they call uh, Ubuntu Touch, uh, and basically for Androids. Uh, They say it's a complete desktop uh, with a full range of desktop applications, so including stuff like uh, your office uh, suite, uh, web browsing, email of course, uh, uh, media, uh, text messaging, etc. All your personal information, uh, contacts, calendars, uh, stuff like photo galleries, all your music uh, can be accessed both from the phone and from the desktop interface. I thought that was really uh, fascinating. Uh, They claim that SMS texts arrive on your desktop if you're docked when they show up. Calls are handled like VoIP if you want to stay working while you're uh, while you're chatting, uh, stuff like Skype, uh, etc. Uh, of course, your phone needs to be uh, needs to have docking capability and uh, hardware that supports uh, HDMI and USB. Uh, but basically, uh, most of the standard high-end models uh, of devices, you know, support that stuff anyway, so it's not really a big deal. What what I couldn't find in the article uh, was um, how. How do you install this? Because obviously you're not going to burn an ISO and stick the CD in your phone. So I, I, I wasn't sure how that worked, never having done it myself. But I, I thought it was kind of cool because you, basically you just have your smartphone, uh, you plug it into your docking station, you get a keyboard and a monitor, basically your phone can become your computer using uh, this uh, Ubuntu Touch. So I thought that was uh, pretty fancy and, and worth a mention.
0: It is kind of interesting and I know there's been a lot of discussion about whether Ubuntu for Android devices would ever actually materialize and it certainly looks like it has or will shortly with the the overall power of cell phones these days I mean they really are capable of of being a desktop machine of course they just sort of lack the the input devices hence the need for docking stations. But it's, it's kind of interesting. I'm, I, I sort of wish somebody other than Ubuntu would, would develop a desktop environment for, for cell phones because then I might be inclined to try it. You know, for those people who don't have a particular aversion to Ubuntu like I do, this is probably a really cool thing.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, but, you know, it's just a start. Like maybe they'll get a, a Mint or a CentOS uh, touch. Next, who knows? You know, it's. I, I just thought it was, I, I just thought it was very cool. You know, you drag your phone around, uh, you get to the office, uh, you plug it in, and you basically it can run whatever you want. You know, nice large display, things fits in your pocket. I mean, how cool is that? Come on, absolutely, it's pretty damn cool. It's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's it is damn cool. So, speaking of which, I just moved one of my bullet points up from the next uh, segment because we're talking about uh, devices. Uh, I Pete V2XPL. I'm in the market for a new phone because my, uh, my six-year-old uh, Sony Ericsson flip phone basically just turns itself off whenever it feels like now. So I figured uh, it w- wouldn't be a luxury, and I have about a billion uh, points with the uh, company that I'm with because I've been with them for so long. So, I'm in the market to get a new uh, smartphone. I'm most likely looking at an Android, uh, just, you know, uh, not really ethically, philosophically, I guess, just because of the open source concept. So I'm wondering if uh, any of you all out there have any uh, comments or concerns? Or not concerns, or have any suggestions that you'd like to uh, throw my way? I'm happy to hear uh, what your experiences are in terms of uh, uh, what you guys have. Uh, HKW throws in the uh, Nexus 4. Uh, I've kind of read about that one. I was actually kind of going towards the Galaxy S3 or S4. I've heard a lot about those, and uh, they seem uh, they seem to do a lot of the stuff that I'd like them to do. So, if anybody uh, wants to shoot me an email, uh, feel free to do so. I'm uh, happy to take your suggestions and. Uh, not having had a smartphone, not sure which ones are kind of, you know, some are more fragile. Some might have crappy, you know, who knows something. So, uh, yeah, shoot me an email.
0: I wish I could sort of give you advice on that. But honestly, my my experience with mobile devices is limited to uh, the Galaxy S3, the Galaxy S4, which I don't actually own. A friend of mine owns And uh, the iPhone, the iPhone 4, as opposed to the iPhone 5, which I've never actually touched one. So um, hopefully someone will have some reasonable advice for you because I have none.
1: That's okay. Everybody seems to have either the Nexus, the Galaxy, or the iPhone. They seem to be like the top three right now that I'm seeing everywhere anyways. Uh, Everybody's got an iPhone just because... It's an iPhone, I guess, and people don't know any better. Um, but everybody seems to be relatively happy with the phones that they have. What I liked about the, uh, the galaxies is that their, their battery life on standby is, is like a week. It's ridiculous. I can hardly get like three days out of my flip phone. Here's my flip phone flipping for those who don't believe me. So I have my little crappy flip phone.
0: Uh, trust me, they, they may be three days when the battery is new, but that doesn't last. Okay.
1: <laughs> well, that's good to know. See, that's the kind of feedback I'm looking for.
0: Now, Cheryl and I both have Galaxy S3s, and we've had them now for probably about a year each, maybe a little more. Yeah, battery life has gone straight into the crapper.
1: Uh, you the can one change. The, the S3 has a user-changeable battery, however.
0: It does, and that is one of the good points of it as opposed to an iPhone, which does not have a user-changeable battery. And the batteries are relatively inexpensive for the Galaxy devices, so if you... uh are concerned about battery life you can always have a spare handy uh when you buy one and you know when your battery does decide that it's not going to hold a charge anymore it's very easy to get a replacement for it so yeah cool
1: yeah I'm, I'm not that important so i'll be all right all right so
0: uh the first bit of music for this evening is yours so go ahead and talk about it
1: yeah, this one's called the uh, Soundtrack of Our Summer. Uh, the band is called The League. I uh, ran uh, across them via Jamendo. Uh, the band is from uh, Paris, France. Uh, again, looking for some Quebec content and uh, came across something. Well, at least it's a French band, so we'll go with that. Uh, the uh, album is called, uh, also called The Soundtrack of Our Summer. Like I said, courtesy of Jamendo. Uh, you guys enjoy.
0: Summer as we go, straight into fall.
1: Yeah, I know. i got to work on my theme, but hey. (laughs) That's
0: okay. (laughs) Nothing about this show is relevant, so we don't have to worry about the music either. Oh, look, a train. (laughs) Train? Yeah, you probably can't hear it. If I kicked off my my noise gate, you would hear the train going by. But we don't need to talk about trains. We need to talk about the Savannah Project.
1: Indeed. I also uh, ran into this uh, quite by accident uh, this week, and I thought it was uh, quite Interesting for our uh, friends who uh, are uh, developers or who want to become developers, the uh, Savannah project, you guys can check them out at uh, savannah.gnu.org. Um guess I'm in the wrong space. Excuse me very much while I restructure <laughs> the Etherpad to get into the right spot. Um, so the Savannah is uh, the GNU project's uh, answer to uh, GitHub. You guys may know what GitHub is. Uh, the Savannah Project is a source code repository like its well-known brethren it provides software developers with a space on the web where you can go to develop, maintain, distribute all of your software program and programming. Uh, it's built on top of technologies that are, they say, 100% committed to free software principle, including the GNU operating system and Savannah, a web-based code Code repository uh, hosting system. Uh, they claim that uh, they have over 60,000 registered users, so that's uh, nothing to sneeze at. And right now they're hosting more than 3,500 free software projects, uh, including 434 official GNU projects. Uh, some of the features uh, that you'll see they offer a full complement of uh, features which they claim are designed to help developers build their program. And uh, grow their user base. So some of these include, uh, you know, all the standards, uh, code hosting. Of course, uh, if there was no code hosting. I guess it wouldn't really be a free software repository, would it? Uh, you could have your choice of any uh, six popular uh, revision uh, control systems. Uh, so those be uh, Git, Subversion, Arch, Bazaar, Mercurial, Mercurial, and uh, CVS. There's a dedicated uh, web page for your projects with a download area. There's uh, mirrors, of course, available on that web page. got bug tracking, uh, code review system, mailing lists, shell service, uh, and much more. Uh, they say that uh, why should you choose the Savannah project over its competitors? Well, the biggest reason, they claim, is because... Uh, their uh, rigorous code review process, which ensures that the software in the repos is in fact free, so they make sure you can't just kind of claim that it's free and uh, and uh, you know sneak in there. So the uh, Savannah-based project enjoys a high level of trust in the community. They claim um, I haven't heard of them, so we'll just have to take their word for it. But uh, I was on the website; it seems uh, pretty legit. Uh, they got a, got a pretty fancy website there. You guys should uh, check it out. So, another good reason uh, that there's no, uh, sorry, other good reasons that you should use it, sorry, is that there's no advertisement. So, you don't find yourself in the awkward position of having proprietary uh, co- proprietary competitors being advertised on your project. So, uh, finally, because of the relatively small size of the repository savannah is able to provide faster response times to support requests so if you're building or thinking of building a software application if you're committed to software freedom of course free is in freedom consider hosting your project on savannah they'd be glad to have you so you can go to uh, like i said go to the uh, savannah.gnu.org and uh, you can uh, find the links uh, to the uh, hosting request form so um, i wasn't really familiar with this i I think that any addition to repositories is good, especially if they're promoting free and open source stuff. So I'm not sure if you knew about it, Russ.
0: I did not know about it. And you spoke to its legitimacy, which is kind of interesting because it's actually hosted as a subdomain of GNU.org. So presumably it's as legitimate as the free software foundation uh, where it is located. Was there, was there something in the description I, I didn't notice if, I know that a lot of the software packages are, you know, they're hosted there because they have the same uh, philosophical views, i.e., they're a GPL licensed or something like that. But was it was it included in the description whether it had to be uh, GPL or licensed in a way that was compatible with uh, the Free Software Foundation and uh, the GNU project, or can anybody host it there
1: regardless? Did you happen to see that? I did not. The only thing that they mentioned uh, in the article that I read uh, was that they're committed to free software principles, so whatever their free software principles are. And they mentioned, you know, including new operating systems. So I would suppose that anything that, uh, that is encompassed in that philosophy is what they would embrace, but I couldn't find anything. I, not that I tried very hard. I only read the one article, but uh, I, I didn't see anything in that one article.
0: Yeah. And, uh, well, I mean, it's, a, it's an interesting project. I'm not sure that we necessarily need another, uh, GitHub or Gatorius or, you know, a place to hold, uh, revision controlled software because there's plenty of them out there. But I, my, my guess is that if you're a stickler for free software, like, you know, uh, Stallman, level free software you have that level of passion about free software that you might want to host your project at this particular site instead of Gatorius or or github or, or some of the other places that don't necessarily care about the licensing and the ethics of free software um, that clearly this site will so uh, it may be an option for that, and I've noticed that we've talked a lot about um, sites and software and stuff for developers, and I'm not sure we really need to talk about developers. <laughs> um, I'd be interesting to. I mean, I know we have uh, developers that listen to him. Mean, I mean, Ted, who's in the chat room every week or every other week rather, uh, is a free software developer who develops um, free software for. For ham radio and Linux, uh, and we know several others who are also listeners to the show. But I'd be interested to know uh, how many people, um, just sort of, if anyone really other than the people we know about, develop free software for ham radio, and uh, would be interested in you know letting us know and talk about their projects. Because uh, you know, while this isn't particularly useful for everyone. Um, there's probably projects out there that we don't know about that are that may be going unrecognized or underrecognized that we we could talk about and uh and and let everybody know about because um that'd be kind of interesting to find out.
1: I think I'm sure there are. I mean, I I don't think that we'd probably know about everyone. You know, about all the major ones, but how many little applications might there be out there? You know, that that people are are using for their specific applications, needs, or interests. And, you know, maybe, uh, you know, 10 people use it, 20, 100, who knows, but it's it's a big planet. So, yeah, there's got to be a lot of stuff out there. And how do you how do you find out about all this stuff? The, you know, the Internet is so vast now that, you know, any hits that you get in any search engine is going to be the more popular stuff. It's kind of like finding indie music. You know, you got to go to the clubs to find it because it's just not promoted because it's 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 not, you know, it's not commanded by the big corporations. So, um, yeah, it's, it's it'd be interesting. I'd be interested to know that, too.
0: One of the other things that the Savannah Project brings to the table, at least their documentation seems to indicate this is one of their uh, favorite parts of the Savannah Project, is the uh, Savane software or the Savannah, I guess you would pronounce it, software that um, is the basis for um, the hosting that they do. Which also includes uh, what they consider a better and more reliable bug tracker than the other sites like Gatorius and GitHub, which makes for a better user experience, I kind of gather. Uh, I assume this is uh, for the developers who are interacting with uh, the people who are downloading and maintaining the software, not interaction between the developers and the GNU project. So it's always nice if you have a better way to keep track of, um, you know, the problems with your software and if there's an easy way to interact with the developers to to get things fixed, that's always a plus when it comes to uh, developing software. So if this is truly better and we're only going from the documentation they've provided to us, then that is a good thing. And, uh, you know, for anybody who... Is a, is a fan of, uh, GPL and GNU software and the free software philosophy and the other licenses that go along with that. They may want to consider moving their projects from one of these other sites. Uh, the ability to use these, the various, uh, versioning systems too, instead of being, you know, locked into using Git or Subversion or something like that. If you happen to use one of these other things, uh, that might make it easier to embrace as well. So. It's an interesting project, and uh, maybe someone will get
1: some use out of it. Yeah, and and if nothing else, well, GNU has another feather in its hat, and it's a good way for them to get their name out there. You know, even if it's within a community that already knows it. Like, but who knows? Yeah, it's. Uh, I thought it was interesting. We got a comment from W A Zero E R R, who mentions that you said you wanted to look at uh, uh, small ham radio projects or or people who are uh, developing uh their own software and he mentions that we could look at uh radio.linux.org.au for starters so uh i've uh clicked on that and we'll be checking that out so uh thanks a lot for that
0: yeah and as it happens i personally have looked at that site um we looked at that cheryl i think was actually the one who dug that one up when we started doing stuff or wanting to have some paper copies of something to hand out when we went to linux shows or to Hamvention and stuff like that, we wanted something to actually give to people. We actually took a subsection of that list and printed it out to give to folks who came up to the Linux and the HamShack booth at the various events we've been to because that is a an incredibly comprehensive list of ham radio software for Linux. We were only able to include a very small part of it on a single sheet of paper to give people but it is an excellent resource. If you're looking for ham radio software of any kind, I would recommend going to radio.linux.org.au and checking out that list. It's enormous. Um, am, I'm just
1: on the website now. It's amazing. It's yeah. like they, have, they have everything. It's right. crazy.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a huge list. And like I said, we, we did give that out when we were going to shows and stuff like that. And then presumably, if we go to shows in the future, we will continue to give that out. But uh, truly a great resource. Uh, and thanks to Ted for mentioning it again, so we can uh, let everybody or remind everybody that it's out
1: there. Well, very good. I'm going to uh, just trying to copy, it. <laughs> I'm just trying to copy and paste it into the Etherpad, not realizing that I copied on one computer and I'm trying to do a control V on the other. Uh, please, please just copy
0: the link, not the entire list. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, no, just the link. No okay. Worries. I'll put that in. Make sure that's in the show notes, and uh, I've uh, definitely uh, bookmarked that one for myself too
0: excellent yeah so good bit of information there and check out the savannah project savannah.ganu.org that's savannah like the, the the city in georgia savannah for anyone who's interested in that and of course it'll it'll all be in the show notes so you can check those out as well
1: that's right harrison it's going to be in the show notes that's right harrison harrison <laughs> like, harrison wake like the up. Pick on up yeah,
0: that's all right. I saw this. I didn't get a chance to check out this link, but it sounds really cool. So um, go ahead and tell us about this video that you found about the the uh, ISS, because it seems really interesting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I uh, This was sent to me by uh, one of my friends, somebody, uh, uh, Dennis K1LGQ, who lives in uh, New Hampshire in the USA who I don't believe is a listener of the podcast, despite the fact that I told him about it at LobsterCon last summer. But uh that being said, uh, Dennis is a really good guy. <laughs> And uh, he sent me this link um, about the uh, space station. I'm, I'm a, you know, like many uh, other ham radio enthusiasts. I have many uh, other hobbies, and one of them happens to be uh, space exploration, which I partake in myself, of course, naturally. But uh, um, there's a video on YouTube. I've, I'll put the link in the show notes. You guys could do a search for it yourself. If you go to YouTube. You can search for uh, "departing space station commander provides tour of orbital laboratory," and uh, basically. Uh, uh, this is uh, Sunita Williams, uh, who was uh, commander of the International Space Station recently. And in her final days as a commander, she recorded an extensive tour of the orbital laboratory. And she downloaded the video to uh, NASA, and uh, it's it's now on YouTube. Uh, she did that last November 18th was the uh, download date, uh, and just before uh, she... Uh with uh, cosmonaut Yuri Malachenko and flight engineer Aki Hoshide, uh who is from the Japan Aerospace Exploration agency, uh, right before they departed in their Soyuz spacecraft before leaving the space station and heading to, uh, Kazakhstan. So this tour is, uh, 25 minutes long. It's, it's, a you know, somewhat lengthy video, but it, you know, it's, it's really interesting and it includes, uh, scenes from, um, every one of the station's module research facilities, um, all the way into the bathroom. I mean, they, they even explain that. And, uh, Williams provides a running, uh, narrative of the work that's taken place, uh, aboard the, uh, Outpost. So, uh, really, really good video. I watched the whole thing. When I, you know, usually when people send me YouTube videos, if they're more than thirty seconds, I usually don't pay attention. I I have a short attention span, ADHD. So when I saw this thing was twenty five minutes, I'm like, eh, I'll give it a minute or two, you know. Uh my, my time is precious. I like to, to make myself believe. Uh but I ended up watching the whole thing. I mean it's just it's just amazing. If you're into the whole uh you know, if you follow NASA and their adventures, uh really, really interesting video. So uh, like I said, YouTube search, departing space station commander provides tour of orbital lab, if you guys are interested. Uh and the uh link will be in the show notes. But definitely uh worthwhile uh, twenty-five minutes if anybody's interested in the uh workings of the space station.
0: Yeah, that's very cool i'm gonna probably have to check that out being that i've started watching a lot of stuff on youtube so uh that, that'll be fun to watch
1: yeah it is and you'll actually learn stuff it's uh well like i said it's it's really really cool
0: <laughs> oh good i'm gonna get an edumacation an
1: edumacation absolutely
0: uh, all right absolutely absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. so well it's apparently a sad day for small wonder labs and the rock might for, for those people who are QRPers and kit builders, um, a long standing site out there on the internet that, that sold uh great QRP kits is, uh, closing its doors, but it's not all bad. So go ahead and, and tell us what's going on.
1: Yeah. I ran across this one, uh, via, Oh, I can't remember where I went across this one. This was probably from the amateur radio newsline, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, the latest version uh, QRP uh, kit sellers, uh, Small Wonder Labs, which many of you know, many of you who are a ham radio enthusiast, are closing their doors uh, permanently. Um, according to uh, Dave Benson, who is the owner, Dave Benson K1SWL uh, is going into retirement and he's discontinued sales of the uh, popular uh, Rock Mite a rock might for those who don't know is a is a small QRP or QRP is a uh, low power uh transmitter uh, kit that you build yourself and, uh, basically, it's just this, uh, little teeny tiny transmitter. You could stick it in your pocket, uh, go hiking. And, uh, you know, you get to the top of the mountain and you haven't carried your, uh, 40 pound Kenwood with you. So, uh, good, uh, good way to do some, uh, QRP operation from, uh, remote locations. So, um, these, these things have been around forever. Small Wonder Labs have been around for a long time. And, uh, Dave Benson, very, very well known in the uh, ham radio community. So, uh, he says, uh, on the website that he'll, uh, ship out the last, uh, dozen orders shortly and then uh, he will certainly continue to support requests for missing or uh, replacement parts uh, from existing customers, uh, but only over the short term. Uh, He also hopes to keep Small Wonder Labs website active for about a year, and he'll maintain uh, documentation for his earlier products uh, during that time. So, uh, however, it says, a QRP enthusiast should not despair according to the rumor mill uh at least one other qrp kit supplier is interested in taking over uh, supplying the rock mites and uh there could be an announcement uh anytime soon and i i was trying to figure out who this could be and i i really have no idea and the the thing that came into mind is the uh the tin two people uh, the New England QRP Club and company. Uh, they've been out there for a long time. and uh, But I have no idea. This is just its the only thing that came to mind for me. Uh, so basically, you can uh, check out Dave Benson's uh, future plans. You can visit smallwonderlabs.com uh, for the next year or so, and uh, all the updates uh, will be uh, kept there. So uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, sad news, but uh, maybe not. We'll see. I guess we'll just have to wait and see.
0: I guess we will, and I'm not real familiar with Small Wonder Labs. I don't really do a lot of uh, kit building or QRP work, so this is not kind of my bag, but I know a lot of people out there are into both of those things. And are probably going to be disappointed to see them sort of close up, but maybe there's hope on the horizon. Maybe the tuna tin people or, or some of the other or folks. Other, yeah. Yeah. So some other folks might, uh, take up that mantle and, uh, continue to produce, uh, the rock might QRP kit. So hopefully
1: it'll continue. Yeah, there's there's other outfits out there. You know, you guys can just look up ham radio kits, and uh, there's certainly uh, no missing supplies. And these guys have, you know, they're just you know relatively well known. So uh, every every any any time that something uh, in in the ham radio sphere goes defunt, defunct, defunct, uh, <laughs> it closes. Um, <laughs> it, it's just kind of it's just a little sad, you know, because you know where there's less and less ham radio operators. They're, it's just I don't. know. I just thought I'd mention it. I'm not going to cry or nothing. I'll be fine.
0: That's okay. Cause I, I saw something today and I didn't have time to do enough research on it, but we can touch on it in the next episode where apparently the, uh, the tinfoil hat folks, the preppers, are you familiar with that? Pre-
1: you saw that too? Yeah. <laughs> I was going to talk about that, but there's just so much other stuff. I'm like, oh, we'll wait.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, okay, crazy. Little little teaser for next episode. We're going to talk about preppers and their affinity for ham radio. It should be fun to talk about. So Indeed. <laughs> All right, so we both saw that. We'll, we'll touch on it next time, but... Uh, for that, I think we're done with our main topics, and I'm going to go ahead and uh, do a little bit of music, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap this bad boy up. So, uh, for my selection for the evening, and yes, I actually found one for this episode.
1: Woo-hoo!
0: Yeah, uh, there's this is a band called The Sons of Sin. Uh, I came across this one on Jamendo. They're a band out of the UK and uh this is a, a kind of ai i don't know it's kind of a grungy medley not not as speed metal as some of the other ones i usually pick but it, it's a very good track i enjoyed it a lot it's called "Horror of babylon so uh we'll listen to this one we'll come back on the other side we'll uh talk about some of our listeners and uh other things i'm not even sure we have any feedback but uh we'll talk about something when we come back and uh, we'll wrap up the show so here's sons of sin with whore of babylon
1: Deception, the ultimate deception. You hold the key to the chains that bind me. You destroy my world slowly.
0: that song better the second time i heard it so that's that's a good one i like that gonna have to go in the
1: archive sons of sin yes the sons of sin So reminds me of sons of freedom i've been watching uh been watching the sons of freedom lately uh i recently discovered that series and uh, i'm actually don't mind it it's actually pretty good
0: Sons of Freedom. I'm not sure I'm familiar with that one. Oh, I was the Sons of, I'm sorry.
1: I keep doing that. I Sons mean, of were, Anarchy? Sons of Anarchy. Sons, yeah. Sons of Freedom is a <laughs> Canadian band from the 90s, and they're actually really, really good. They're an indie band. And then every time I talk about Sons of Anarchy, I mention Sons of Freedom because I was a huge fan of this this band uh, back back then. And people just look at me and go, what? What are you talking about? Just like you just did, basically.
0: You know, that motorcycle
1: show, the Sons of Freedom. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, anyhow yeah okay well it turns out that i don't have any feedback so did you get any feedback that i don't know about
1: no i did not actually feedback was quiet this week uh, aside from uh the comments that we have in the uh, text box tonight that we tried to share with everyone uh nope all
0: right no and feedback. i have been pushing episodes out i've only got one more to get out which will come out in the next couple of days and uh, then I'm all caught up, so I'm so happy to be sort of back on schedule. It's, it's amazing. So Yeah,
1: for- I was pretty impressed. I uh, got to listen to a couple episodes this week.
0: I know, and you've already listened to them because you were kind of there.
1: Well, no, but I mean, I like to listen to them again to hear what I actually said, see if it made sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, I like to do the same thing. I, I think I listen to every episode about five times before it's all over with um
1: you edit you edit them too so i mean you have to listen to them a lot once they're re-edited once they're edited and posted i download it and i i listen to it and you know just that plus it kind of gives me ideas of what to follow up when i forgot to take notes so yeah well it
0: sort of it speaks to my combination of narcissism and megalomania so i i do listen quite a bit that being said, we should probably plow through our social media roundup, get to our subscribers. And, and why don't we mention the folks in the chat room? Because uh, there's a few yeah, of them in there.
1: Well, that's so, feed. We got, you know, social media is a form of feedback. So we do have feedback, just not in the form of email. But anyhow, go ahead.
0: That's true. And no voicemail either. Voicemail, people. Call the number. You'll, you'll be hearing it here in a few minutes as we do the outro. So uh who's in the chat room? Well, we've got uh, AK four W Q, we've got Babylon Lurker, B Finch, EI seven I G, Elcaset Guard Zero, who I happen to know is AE five C P, Hard Olaf, Jay Lindsay, who hasn't said a word tonight, so I don't think he's actually there. Uh Midcast Rob, who I know is uh buried deep in bed probably in, in down in Houston where he's from. We've got Symbola, uh Harrison uh ted and uh you you you're in here amazing i am yes that being all of the folks who are with us tonight. And uh, I don't know how many people are actually listening to the live stream who aren't in the chat, but I'm sure there are a few. So for everybody who's in chatting with us and listening live, thank you. And uh, you can do that next time when we record because uh, all that information is on the website and you'll be hearing more about that later as well. But we've got some new followers out there on the interwebs webs. Uh, via the social media sites and uh we don't have any new folks I'm aware of via Facebook at least not that I saw uh but we do have a couple new folks who are uh following us via Google Plus uh we have Felix R and we have Peter N who are following us via the Google Plus and uh we also have a new follower over on Twitter uh his handle is at the zero cool Uh, name of dennis so we want to thank dennis for following us over on twitter
1: yeah i like that one the the zero cool that's cool
0: it is cool uh and we've also had some new subscribers uh to the mailing list uh we have adrian two echo zero sierra delta romeo two e zero sdr uh wonder if he's into sdr at all
1: I don't know. That's what I was wondering.
0: <laughs> I, sus- I suspect he probably is. There's, he's uh, got a website, www.2e0sdr.com, where you can check out uh, Adrian and see what he is up to. Uh, he's
1: also got dxkits.com, too, is also his. So you guys can check that out as well.
0: Yeah, and, and go do that. Go do that. Go do that now. Go. Yeah. Oh, he's from England, by no, the way. No, no, no. Wait till the end of the show. Then go do it.
1: well people can multitask they're listening (laughs) just like i'm doing right now i'm talking and surfing the net looking at adrian's website
0: if you're listening to us while you're driving do not surf the web or text or text exactly very important very important uh another new mailing list subscriber is rusty november mike one kilo and m1k uh thanks rusty and we also have uh, eighty zero B M Alpha Delta zero Bravo Mike. Uh, that would be Robert H. No, oh, wait, no, wait. I read yeah, that okay. wrong, didn't
1: I? No, no, that's right. Oh, I it just is right. I, I just messed up the bullet points. But oh, yeah, 80 okay. Zero B M is Robert H from uh, Iowa who registered on the website. So, uh, thanks for being there, guys. Yeah, excellent. And yes, it was Pete's fault. So, uh, <laughs> I
0: take all the blame. Yes. Uh, no casual donations uh since the last episode but that is fine because we have uh some subscribers we have actually many subscribers but uh uh, several who re-upped for this current month are uh bill a uh bill h gary u jeremy h scott p and robert h oh and also uh david l i was kind of trying to separate them between monthly and yearly, but that didn't work out so well. So anyway, uh, those are some subscribers whose, uh, dues came in just recently. So thank you to our subscribers and, and to everyone who subscribes to the show. I do believe I've got a couple of, uh, new subscribers that I need to add, uh, Ethernet or, yeah, Ethernet, Etherpad access to. Uh, I will get to that very shortly. So if, uh, you haven't got your notification that you have access to the Etherpad, you will be getting that in the next day or so. So, uh, I want to thank everybody who listens to the show, whether they listen to it live or ex post facto or contributes via, you know, IRC or Google Plus or any of the social media networks. uh, And especially those folks who uh, send us a couple of bucks every month um, by way of subscription. We do this show, you know, basically out of our own pockets, and we would continue to do so, uh, whether we got subscriptions or not. But uh, we really appreciate appreciate everybody who takes a couple of bucks out of their pocket and sends it our way uh, to help defray some of our uh, hosting costs and, and other expenses. Um, yeah,
1: I'm I'm going to do that soon. I'm gonna I'm gonna join because I figure I keep bugging people every uh, second of weeks to uh, become a member, and I'm not a member, so I'm I'm going to be a member, and then I'll be, uh, you know, I'll be ethically correct in asking for money. I see. I'm not sure that's required, but if you want to go for it, go for it. I'd be happy to. I just haven't gotten around to it yet because I'm lazy.
0: Well, you do actually contribute to the show in ways that most people cannot. So uh...
1: A little bit, I figure, but you know, it's all good. <laughs> yeah, so don't necessarily feel like 20, $20 a year goes a long way for what you get, and I, it's, it's more than reasonable. It's kind of like I always tell the people at our t- complete tangent, but uh, local radio club, uh, it's $20 a month to join our local radio club and I'm quite active in our local radio club but I always told everybody in the club even if I was not active in the club at all I would still pay the $20 membership to the club because I get use of the repeater $20 a year to have use to a local repeater I find is more than reasonable as I also find a subscription to the uh, LHS uh, podcast website and uh, you know support and all that so yes I do and and uh, I just, like I said, personally would feel more comfortable asking people for money if I had done that first myself.
0: All right. Well, we will let you do that. It, it's sort of the same I'm way. I'm sure for, you will.
1: <laughs> I'm sure, yeah. Um, $20 a month. No, sorry. I, I said $20. Harrison's uh, caught me there in the in the chat room. Not $20 a month, $2 a month or $20 a year.
0: I, I did the same thing for my old radio club because they did so much for me when I lived there. And, of course, it went to provide access and uh to the repeater and uh maintenance and and all of the things and and also went to support uh some expenses for field day and stuff like that. So I paid my dues for that club long after I moved away from that area, but I also recently within the last couple of years started hosting and maintaining their website and I do all of the work for that. So they apparently had a club meeting at which they voted to not allow me to pay dues anymore and instead gave me free dues in exchange for doing all the hosting. So, uh, I'm oh, yeah, not
1: absolutely. I understand. Plug, plug that club. Why don't you? Uh,
0: I will do that. Uh, that is the Aristic Amateur Radio Association, the AARA they're up there in Aristic County, Maine, not actually terribly far from Montreal. I think it's about a six hour drive uh give or take from montreal so uh just over if the border
1: in a straight line if i have to go around so when i go to prescott it's actually about eight hours eight and a half ah
0: well you must go the long way then because i got to montreal a hell of a lot faster than that um yeah probably
1: <laughs> so if anyway an rv it's slower <laughs> well there is that too
0: uh so anyway yeah they they were uh you know, did a lot for me and I, I did a lot for them and still do. Uh, they just don't allow me to pay dues anymore. And if you're interested in that, in that club in particular, or just want to check out the website that I maintain, you can find them at Kilo one Foxtrot Sierra K one F S dot org. O R G. So, uh, and that's that. Yes. Excellent. You know, I, I got to like Keep my eye focused on where that button is on the soundboard so I can actually hit it, you know, with <laughs> when the it comes up. a big red
1: one, like the one from uh, Office Depot there, the easy button.
0: That's right, the easy button, yeah, unfortunately. Well, I could probably use an Arduino and rig myself one up. That'd be kind of interesting. would
1: <laughs> be an interesting project to talk about. We could do a whole show on that. Yeah,
0: we could, but not tonight. Not so true. anyway, I think we're about done unless you've got anything else you want to add before I kick the music off and we start the outro.
1: No, not really. Well, it was a very, very busy week in ham radio, and uh, some of the things that uh, caught my eye really, really quick was uh, ham radio has been quite active this week uh, in um, uh, emergency response, so earthquakes in the Philippines. The Philippines was hit by an earthquake last October 14th, and uh, just a few days before that, there was a cyclone in India, so on the various news services, they uh, mentioned the help of uh, ham radio operators uh, in emergency response in both those uh, scenarios, so uh, I thought that was Uh, Very noteworthy, but yeah, there was a lot of news uh, this week. 30th anniversary of ham radio in space uh, uh, via AMSAT, which is also uh, quite exciting. And uh, yeah, that's that's the last two I wanted to mention. So that's it.
0: And you did so excellent. All right, so I think we've done all the plugging we can do in uh, segment three of episode number 116. So I'm gonna hit the little button that plays some music, and uh, Pete's gonna lead us on out of here. Sound good to you? Sounds good to me um it, it would sound good to me too if i didn't have it muted so here we go good sideway, <laughs> that's good right yeah, excellent <laughs> Way to screw things up as usual. So, <laughs> And I'm speaking to myself, not to you. So here we That's go.
1: Okay. I don't take it personally. All right. <laughs> like to thank everyone uh, for being there tonight. Uh, of course, as we just mentioned, thanks to all of our monthly and yearly subscribers. We couldn't do it without you. Thanks to all of our listeners, uh, live and quasi-live. We couldn't do it without you guys either, for sure. Uh, everybody, please check out our website, uh, lhspodcast.info. Uh, you could reach us uh, via email at info at lhspodcast.info. That comes to both me and Russ. Uh, leave us a voicemail, please. We certainly don't get enough voicemail traffic, and that's always a lot of fun. One uh, nine zero nine lhs show or one 909 uh, All hate mail. This is the new one. All hate mail I can go to Harrison, V-E-2-H-K-W at gmail.com. Uh, you can send it to us too. We'll take it as well. Subscribe to the mailing list. Uh, the link's on the website. You can certainly go to uh, Cafe Press and Printfection, buy some of our show merchandise. Every uh, purchase you do helps the show out a little bit. and Every little bit helps, and we very much appreciate it. Definitely listen to us live every other Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central at the Wednesday 0200 UTC and the recording schedules on the website. My name's Pete, Victor Echo 2 X-ray Papalima in beautiful Montreal, wishing you guys uh, a great fortnight as they would say on another podcast. Uh, thanks for being there.
0: All right. And this is Russ K5TUX coming to you live from between the peaks in the pine forest of north central Arkansas. And uh, if you don't know how to get in contact with me now, you probably never will. But I'll go ahead and tell you that K5TUX at LHSpodcast.info will work. You can look for me on all of the social media networks out there. Or, well, actually, most of them at JR Woodman. Um, and I'm also K5TUX over at 7 which is a site we haven't mentioned in a long time. So uh, Pete gave you all the, all the other methods for getting in contact with us. And uh, thanks so much for being a listener to the show. We'll catch you all in a couple of weeks' time with episode number 117. And we look forward to talking with you all then. Goodbye. Good night, everyone. More fun shooting guns in a house.